Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Church London. You're listening to a message given on a Sunday morning. If you'd like to know more about us and the life of the church, please visit trinitychurchlondon.com. I'm actually going to get us looking in different places. We're going to start with Genesis 3 this morning, but I want to take you to a few different places, really around this phrase that we often use. I don't know if you use it yourself, even if you don't, you'll hear lots of people around you using this phrase. It's quite common to hear someone say, that's just the way I feel. I can't control the way I feel. Have you ever used that phrase? Sometimes people say, I can't control the way I feel. That's end of story. And I just want to use Genesis 3 to try and answer that question because we often say that and we believe it. I can't control the way I feel, end of story. And sometimes I just want to, I want to examine that thing that we say. It's one of those throwaway things, you know, someone I know is an atheist, uh, even this week was talking about his atheism and as at the moment he was talking about his atheism, he said, thank God for something. It's like, there's something within us, we say things without realizing what we're saying. So I wanna just take a, a moment in just these minutes we've got together this morning to, I can't control the way I feel, end of story. Is that true? Because if it's true, Let's assume it's true that we can't control the way we feel, and that is the end of, story, uh, end of the story, then that's quite weird. Because we're really intelligent beings, right? We're, we're quite civilized. We, we live sophisticated lives where we can control just about everything around us. If it's true that we can't control the way we feel, then something's gone wrong, which it has. And in Genesis 3, we discover what's gone wrong. But suppose it's not entirely true. Suppose we can't control the way we feel, and yet something in the Christian gospel is God restoring to us the ability to not be controlled by our feelings, but actually to live the lives that we really want to live. Well, that's pretty good news as well, right? That's worth spending some time on a Sunday morning exploring it and checking out that we're living it. So turn with me to Genesis Three. We're doing this series called Blueprints for Life. I haven't been with you for most of the weeks, but I was just looking at uh, your website and just seeing some of the messages that have been preached. Sounds like a fantastic series, right? And particularly coming back from lockdown, we had that moment where our lives got thrown up in the air and we all said, I'm not going to go back to living the way I was. And we're now November. It's quite easy to have gone back to the way you were. It's a really good moment to actually open the word of God and say, how do I actually want to live? Well, let's read together. Genesis 3, 1 to 7. If you're new to church and you don't know the background, let me explain. There's only two people alive at this moment. This is just after the creation of the world. You've got Adam and Eve, and they are perfect and sinless. They're, Adam has never said to Eve, and Eve has never said to Adam, I can't control the way I feel, end of story, because they lived the life they wanted to live. They're literally living in the Garden of Eden. They're living in paradise. Life is as good as it can get. In fact, human history could even be described as like human desire to rediscover something of the bliss and happiness of the Garden of Eden. They're in that perfect state. 
and the snake is going to come. Now, it doesn't use the word devil here, but we're to understand that, this, that the snake is the devil coming in the form of a snake to tempt them, like one of the most famous stories in the Bible. And, and the devil was originally an angel in heaven, and he was the very first being in history to say, I can't control the way I feel. End of story. He, he was in a place where Jesus was glorified 24-7. Jesus obviously existed before he was born. He didn't, he, he's not a man who ascended to heaven. He's God who became a man and ascended back to heaven. So Jesus has been glorified in heaven since eternity. And the devil was one of the angels who was meant to be part of that. And there was a point where he felt jealous. Didn't want Jesus to be glorified. Wanted to be the center of attention himself. And said something very similar to, well, I can't control the way I feel. And when he was kicked out of heaven, he fell down to earth. And this is what he did. He basically came to perfect, sinless, happy human beings and started getting us singing his theme tune. Can't help the way I feel. It's just how it is. And that's what happens here. Now, the snake was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden and the woman said to the snake we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden we can but God said you mustn't eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden you mustn't touch it or you will die you'll remember from a couple of weeks ago God put this tree in the garden essentially as, a, as an exit door for Adam and Eve you, you you can't love someone and have a relationship with someone if you have no choice but to leave, uh, if you have no choice to get out of it. You know, the, it was wonderful what happened uh, last week with Abdullah and his wife renewing their vows. The beauty of marriage is that you don't have to be in it. And so God had put this tree in the garden, which was almost like, it's like that thing where you can, like on a game show, where you can push the button and get out rather than carrying on with the, with the, the task that you're about. They had that. God said, I, I want you to choose to be in a relationship with me, but anytime you want, you can eat the fruit of this forbidden tree and, and leave paradise. You, you're not stuck here. I want you to choose to have a relationship with me. So Eve says to, to this snake, no, 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 we're, we're allowed to eat anything, just this one. This is just the thing that if we, if we eat from this, we'll leave paradise. You will not certainly die, leave paradise, the snake said to the woman. It's just that God knows that when you eat from this tree, your eyes will be opened, you'll be like God, and you'll know good from evil. That sounds quite attractive, doesn't it? The devil's basically saying, God, God isn't your friend. He doesn't know what's best for you. When he tells you to do something and you don't want to do it, go with your feelings, don't go with God. That's essentially what he's saying. He's saying, he's saying God's scared of you being as great as he is. He doesn't want you to know good from evil. He wants you just to be his little child who does exactly what he wants. Come, join me and you'll become mature, is what he's basically saying. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, it was pleasing to the eye. It was desirable for gaining wisdom. When she saw all of that, she took some and she ate it. She also gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened 
and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves to cover up their nakedness. And we'll see next week when Rich is preaching about, uh, okay, what happened as a result of, of this sin that they committed in the Garden of Eden? If you know the story of the Bible, you know things start going wrong. I'm just going to stop there because I don't want to talk about the consequences of sin so much today. That's next week. I want to talk about this whole question. I mean, you could call it temptation. You could call it resisting temptation. You could call it sanctification, if you want a theological term for it. This battle that goes on in our hearts. I can't control the way I feel. And we've all got things like that in our lives. We've all got things we look at that we wish we didn't. We can't control the way we feel. Can we? We've all got stuff we do, whether it's eating too much or drinking too much or watching the wrong thing on TV or, or endlessly surfing social media and saying, I've wasted an hour and I, I said I wasn't going to do that quite so much. We've all got these things in our lives. We've all got thoughts and emotions. It might be getting angry or impatient. It might be that we're never satisfied. You know, um, I was just reading about someone this morning who, uh, even when God gave her just this mo most incredible blessing, her instant reaction was to not be satisfied and to want more. We kind of live in that kind of culture, don't we, of not being satisfied. Or maybe it's just a selfishness. We live in a, in a culture where it's very natural for us to look after number one you we got all these emotions let's be honest with each other we've got these thoughts we've got these emotions we've got these things that go on in our in our lives and we sometimes are even afraid to share them with one another this is a place for us just to be open with each other and with god and to say no actually there is a battle going on within us well let's call it temptation how on earth do we fight it what on earth do we do and this phrase can't control the way I feel. You can probably say it three different ways. You can say it this way. I can't control the way I feel and therefore I'm going to just go with my feelings. You know, if you can't control the way you feel, really your only other option is to be controlled by the way you feel. Who wants to be controlled by their feelings, right? My feelings change every day. That's a really bad master for me to have. But you can, you, you can say, I can't control the way I feel in that way. And that's probably the main way in which it's said in London these days. Um, theologians refer to license, which is basically when people say, if I feel it, then I jolly well, it's okay for me to do it. Well, we, we live in that kind of society, right? We live in a society where people say, this is, this is who I think I am, and therefore I need to go with it. This is how I feel, and therefore I must do it. You know, there are... There, there are marriages that fall apart because people say, this is the way I feel, I can't control it. There are people who set fire to their lives. It's the way I feel, I can't control it. You know, even in your news feed, you kind of, you've got the Australian cricket cap captain. He's like, I'm really sorry, it was just the way I felt, I couldn't control it. It's like massive, you know, you're like the health secretary in the COVID crisis and you get caught on camera so I couldn't help it. I can't control the way I feel. Like all around us, lives are imploding through license. People essentially saying, I can't control the way I feel. That's a dangerous way to live your life. In Proverbs 25 verse 28, it says, 
like a fortified city whose walls have been broken down is the person who lacks self-control we don't really live in a very self-controlled age do we mainly because of the way we say this question there's three ways you can say it and the first way is i can't control the way i feel and therefore i'm going to go with my feelings license there's another way and i don't think it's that much better but it's the way that christians often fall into which theologians call legalism which is where you basically say i can't control the way i feel but i'm jolly well going to try harder so i will we set up accountability friendships and i'm not against those like i have um i have you know that um screen time thing on on your phone i've said it for myself because if i'm not careful i'll spend time endlessly scrolling through stuff online which is just not how i want to use my time so i do believe in accountability stuff but it, it doesn't help us when we try and kind of grit our teeth and use our willpower to try and become the people that we want to be we can see that because when adam and eve mess up and they know they've messed up they start gathering together like they they realize something's changed about them they start covering their bodies over with fig leaves which is like them basically saying i'm really embarrassed about the person i've become and in this message i i kind of want us to read these verses and face up to the fact that actually there is a way that you can say this i can't control the way i feel which doesn't lead to becoming really uptight and religious but actually leads to humility and freedom that's where i want to go with this because adam and eve that essentially as we'll discover next week that's what they had to do when they when they blew it when they messed up when they sinned they actually had to confess that they didn't have it left in them to control the way they felt anymore it's like it's really ironic it says they made fig leaves to cover over their nakedness and then god appears in the garden and in verse uh, verse 9 god says where are you and adam says well i hid because i'm naked no you're not you're wearing these fig leaves it's like yeah but even i know they're not really doing the job and I think that's the experience of many religious people across London right now. We live in a culture that says, I can't control the way I feel. And we respond by saying, I know I can't, but I'm gonna try really hard. And we get a bit uptight and frustrated. I meet Christians who are living like almost a bit depressed, that they want to live a certain way for God and they keep messing up in this area of sin or, or they were hoping that they would be better in this area and it's just not happening. And it is not God's will for you to come to know Jesus and then spend the rest of your life feeling guilty you're not good enough for him that, that, that's not the Christian gospel come if anyone is weary come to me because my yoke is heavy and pretty depressing <laughs> it's like you know that you've not you've not grasped the gospel if that's the way you're living here's where I want to focus us on today is the third way which is I can't so let me look at passages like Genesis 3 and let me find out how can I resist the way I feel when I feel tempted into all of these different areas how can I be changed to become more like Jesus the Christian gospel is basically God sending his son into the world to people like Adam and Eve who've messed up and not saying come on you've you've you're useless try harder it's Jesus coming and saying I'm going to take your place I'm going to die on the cross as if it was me that messed up yeah. 
and I'm going to come out of the grave. Uh, if, if you think your life is hard to control, I'm going to become a corpse. And then the Holy Spirit is going to bring me back to life again, which is kind of going to be my big message to you. That if there's an area of your life that you think, I just can't. Well, it ain't as difficult as a corpse coming back to life again. And when I've been raised from the dead, I'm going to ascend to heaven. And I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit on anyone who follows me. Not just so that they can have great worship times on a Sunday morning, but so that their life will fundamentally change. So that they will be able to say, I can't change the way I feel. And it's so good that the Holy Spirit now lives in me because he can change the way I feel. This is the gospel. This is, this is the message of Genesis 3, 1 to 7, when you see them messing up. And I guess, I guess it's, it's the difference between trying to change yourself from the outside in and letting God change you from the inside out. I, I, I love the progression of Genesis 1 to 3. I love the fact you've been studying these three chapters of the Bible slowly together because there is a progression God creates Adam and Eve, and he says to them in Genesis 1, 27 and 28, if you've got the Bible open in front of you, you'll see it. It, it says he created them in his image. He made them to be able to live the way God lives. He created the male and female, all the beauty we heard about last week. And he said to them, hey, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the earth. Like the idea was not that you would struggle to control your own feelings. The idea was that you would not only be in control of yourself, but God would use you to bring his mastery to the world around you. It's tragic that Christians should spend so much of their time struggling over their own internal troubles rather than bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around them. You know, it's really difficult to help the people around you when you're a bit messed up on the inside yourself. You feel like you lack integrity. It, it kind of makes you limp through life. God doesn't want you to limp through life. He wants you to learn with Adam and Eve and every other person who's been filled with the Holy Spirit after they've sinned. He wants to teach you how to be changed from the inside out and then to bring change from, the in, from your life to those out around you. That's the Christian life. That's that's why it's really exciting to follow Jesus if you grasp what it actually is. He then uh, says to us in Genesis 2, this is just like the example of what it's like uh, for us to be changed by God. Uh, he creates Adam and Eve and it just says in Genesis 2 verse 7, The Lord formed mankind from the dust of the earth, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. See, this is the essence of what it means to be a human, is you are flesh and blood, but God breathes his life into you. Like Adam became a living soul. In other words, his inner being came alive. And everything that Adam and Eve then did was animated by this, by, by this spirit of God now living in them. And just take a moment to stroll back with me through Genesis 3 verses 1 to 7. And notice the complete difference of what the devil does. So if God fills us with his Holy Spirit and enables us to live from the inside out, look at what the devil does. It says, it says the woman comes to the snake and, and starts tempting her mind to start ruling her inner being. 
don't know if you can experience this sometimes it's not so much a temptation to greed or laziness it's like self-talk i'm forever saying to my children don't speak that over yourself and we do don't we we say things to ourselves our our mind begins to master our inner being and man there's whole seminars and self-help sections in amazon which is basically trying to help people to overcome their 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 minds their inner talk he says to her things like oh no it's all right for you to eat that fruit god, god doesn't like you he's he he's he's not really your friend he he, he starts he starts trying to tempt her from the outside in, targeting her mind to change her inner being. And then it says in verse 6, the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food. It's targeting her belly. Wow, that looks tasty. And pleasing to the eye. I mean, our eyes, like, aren't they like the windows of the soul? Not just for showing who you are, but also for letting temptation in targets her body her eyes to get her wanting things that are not right when she saw it was desirable for gaining wisdom that's kind of targeting her her will isn't it her desire her ambition like to be like god i don't want to follow what the word of god says i, I want to judge what the word of god says that's the kind of culture we live in if i i don't want to know that the bible says this is right and this is wrong I want you to explain to me why the Bible would say that. And if I don't understand why the Bible says that, then I'm not following the Bible. Well, that is not following the Bible, that's following you. It's just that every so often you think the Bible's up to scratch. It's like the devil comes and he tempts us from the outside in to drift away from God. There's a theme throughout the Bible. I'm, for the sake of time, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, take you to every verse, but you might want to write down these verses if you're making notes. Genesis 6 verse 2, it says, Sin entered the world before Noah's ark because the sons of God saw some beautiful women they should never have married. Things went wrong. Targets them from the outside in. It says in Joshua 7 verse 21, when Achan sins and uh, things go wrong for the people of God, he says, oh, well, I saw some gold and some precious clothes and it tempted me and then I did from the outside in or you look at 2 Samuel 11 which is where David commits adultery with Bathsheba it says he was walking on the palace roof and he saw this woman bathing and he had a closer look and from the outside in he gets tempted to sin in Matthew 6 22 and 23 in the Sermon on the Mount Jesus says the eyes are the lamp of the body if your eyes are light your whole body will be light if your eyes are dark, your whole body will be dark. He basically says, what you look at totally affects your heart. And then Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, what your heart is like affects your actions. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, above everything else, guard your heart, guard your, guard your inner being, because everything you do flows out of that. See, in Genesis 3, 1 to 7, we see that the devil targets us from the outside in to try and get us to, to desire and then to speak and to act things that just aren't right. And that's the experience of our lives. Selfishness, greed, laziness, overeating, overdrinking, anger, impatience, dissatisfaction, you name it. Um, um, uh, you know, we've all got different stuff. And let's be honest, we've all got some stuff. And let's be honest, we probably all know what our stuff is. 
If the Holy Spirit is in you, even when I'm talking right now, you're thinking about the thing that probably this morning's about for you. The danger with the, the, the kind of religious way of dealing with it, legalism, saying, I can't control the way I feel, but I'm going to try really hard, is you become more and more uptight. Because you're actually trying to change yourself the way the devil tries to wreck you from the outside in. If only I make a resolution, honestly. It, if I had a minute back in my life for every minute I have spent making a note on my phone, must try harder in this area. Oh, I'd be such a godly person if it was as easy as writing it down in your phone. We're good at making resolutions, right? We're not very good at following them. And actually, some of the people who are the most up, uptight about temptation, they, actually, they can be the least godly people you know. Here's the gospel. Here's where I want to land. Here's where I want to lead you in a response. Is the gospel is all about going back to where Adam and Eve were before they did wrong. Genesis 2-7, I've just read it to you. God breathed into them. They became living souls. See, what God does to change us, and we'll see uh, next week when Richard expands on the rest of Genesis 3, is rather than condemn us, God forgives us and then breathes the breath of life into us again. He fills us with the Holy Spirit and that's when things start to change for us. If you've got a Bible and you don't mind flicking around, come with me to Genesis 1, uh, Colossians 1, 27. I, I don't mind if you don't go there, if you... If it's too much, I will read it to you. But Colossians 1.27, let me read it to you. This is Paul's summary of the gospel. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of the mystery of the gospel. And it is Christ in you. Christianity is not a decision that you are going to live a different way. It's not a resolution. It's not having a little file in your notes app on your phone saying, must stop doing this, must try harder to do that. Christianity is Christ in you. It's God filling you with the Holy Spirit. Since we're flicking through the Bible, flick with me a little further back. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. The unfolding of God's word brings light. So let's unfold God's word. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Whoever is united with the Lord has become one with the Lord in spirit. Whoever is united with the Lord has become one with the Lord in his spirit. What that means is if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit has united himself with your, Holy Spirit, with your spirit, your inner being, so you're no longer on your own. It means that when you say, I can't control the way I feel, it is not the end of the story. It means you're basically saying, in my inner being, I can't control the way I feel, but it's okay, because also in my inner being is the Holy Spirit of God, Amen. with the power that raised Jesus from the dead, to help me. In this moment and so in Ephesians 3 16 to 17 Paul prays I pray that the Holy Spirit in your inner being will strengthen you in your inner being so that you can live the way God's called you to live when you are tempted to do wrong now if you are a follower of Jesus Christ 
you have the Holy Spirit within you united with your spirit so that you can say in my inner being I can't control the way I feel but the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is is united with my spirit and he can control the way I feel yesterday um, I, I needed to fix the plug in my kitchen because it was not draining at all and I knew my wife was going to get really upset if I didn't act quickly and so I started poking it with uh, you know like a, a little uh, whatever, whatever what do you call it a skewer from the barbecue uh, to try and get rid of the stuff that was gunking it up and in the end to be honest I had to dismantle all the pipes underneath the sink and get what all the gunk that was in there out so that I could clear it but then the thing I did that really cleared it is once I'd got most of that gunk out, which is like when you come to Jesus and you say, this may be you if you're not yet following Jesus. You, there's a moment in your life when you come to Jesus and you say, I want to stop living for myself and I want to give my life to you. And immediately Jesus takes the gunk out of your life. But there's still gunk there. I was able to get some stuff out with the skewer, but honestly, the inside of the pipes, they were pretty bad. But once I put it all back together, I just turned on the pure cold water, just left it running for a while. And the water just flowed through the pipes and got rid of the rest of the gunk. That's what happens when you give your life to Jesus and he fills you with the Holy Spirit. In John 3, verses, uh, chapter 7, verses 37 to 39, Jesus says, If anyone is thirsty for a different life, let them come to me and drink. Because anyone who believes in me, he says, rivers of living water will flow out from within their belly, will flow out from within their inner being. And then he clarifies, by this he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, what it means to be a follower of Jesus is that every day you are connected to the piping of the Holy Spirit that you need to turn on the tap that's what you do when you pray and you say god i can't control the way i feel but holy spirit you are you, you're united with my spirit so please flow out of me today you have to turn on the tap by coming to god and saying i really want your holy spirit but jesus says if you've given your life to me this is what it means every day the pure water of the holy spirit flows out from you from your inner being to begin changing who you are to change your thinking we've all got wrong ways of thinking haven't we one of the prayers i pray even prayed it this morning is god i know that i think things that aren't right the only problem is i don't know, quite know what they are but holy spirit flow out from my inner being and change the way i view the world I have emotions that are wrong. I lost my temper yesterday with my oldest son. I'm praying this morning, God, help me to be more patient. Help me not to get angry when things around me go wrong. Holy Spirit, flow out from my inner being. Help me to live the way you want me to live. There's some amazing verses that I just want to end with, just to give you some hope. And then I want to invite you to pray. Uh, again, if you've got your Bible, turn with me. Philippians 1 verses 9 verse 19 Philippians 1 19 these are some of my go-to verses in terms of discovering how do we live free from sin and temptation Philippians 1 19 the apostle Paul says I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus to you 
you'll be able to live a particular way. God's provision of the Holy Spirit to you. So I don't know what it is that in your life you think, I can't control the way I feel and I really want to. You need to know that God has provided the Spirit of Jesus to you. Famous verses, Galatians 5, 22 to 24. The fruit of the Spirit. In other words, what happens when the Holy Spirit flows out through your mind and your emotions, through your will, through your body, through, through the outer you is love, and joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against those things, there's no law. In other words, you can't get those things from the outside in. You can only get them from the inside out as the Holy Spirit flows out of you. But don't you want to live that life? Don't you want to be full of love towards some really awkward people? You know, I'm okay at loving really nice people. But isn't everyone? It's the difficult people that I find hard. And so I, I love it like in Philippians 1.8. The Apostle Paul says, I love all of you with the affection that Jesus Christ gives me. Which is like really rude. He's basically saying, I don't really love you all. Oh my, I wouldn't love you, you know, naturally. I love all of you with the love that I really need to get from Jesus Christ every day. And that's the Christian life. The, people shouldn't be amazed that we love our work friends as much as anybody else in our office. They should be amazed that we're the ones who love the people who are really hard to love. That we're able to say, yeah, yeah, I love them with the affection of Jesus Christ. You, yeah, yeah, I just love you because you're quite a nice person. Them, I love them with the affection of Jesus Christ working through me. That's all right. Like we live in a world with little hope, right? And as he says in, in, in Romans 15 verse 13, that the Holy Spirit flows out of us with hope. Hope's not natural in the society we live in right now. In fact, hope is surprising and contagious. And when people are around you, it's like, why, why, why are you always smiling? Why do you, why do you not get stressed? Why are you different? It's not just that you're a nice person. It's that God has promised, the God of hope has promised in Romans 15, 13, that he will flow out of you with hope to change you. In some ways, I feel like God's... I feel God's flowing out of me some hope for you today. Don't know how you felt coming to church this morning. I, I, I reckon a majority of Christians in the world live under guilt. Wish I were better. Can't help the way I feel. You can. Well, you can't. But through the Holy Spirit in you, you can. It's like the path of freedom. It's what makes following Jesus so wonderful. That what the devil did in the Garden of Eden, Jesus undoes. By coming as the last Adam, literally coming in Adam's place and saying, I will die on the cross. I will be nailed to the cross. Literally, I will become powerless on the cross so that you don't have to live in powerlessness yourself. I'll become a corpse in the tomb so that if anyone in history could ever say, I can't control the way I feel, it would be the dead person in the tomb. And I will allow the Father to raise me to life through the Holy Spirit so that Christians throughout the ages will be able to look at that and think there is no life controlling issue in my life which is too powerful for the power of God. 
And then I will ascend to heaven and I will receive the promised Holy Spirit. And anyone, absolutely anyone, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink and rivers of water will flow out of them. Anyone who believes in me, I will unite my Holy Spirit with them. I'll enable them to turn the tap on every morning, praying, saying, God, it's another day. I can't control the way I feel. But through the Holy Spirit in me, I can live today to your glory. Don't you want that? Wouldn't it like be paradise if we lived that way? Wouldn't it be like a taste of the Garden of Eden? Don't allow the devil to tempt you from the outside in. And don't allow religion to tempt you to try and fix it from the outside in. Allow the gospel to really change you as you believe by faith. This is the gospel. Christ in me. The hope of glory flowing out of me. Helping me to live the life I long to live. Let's...